This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Today in the world, if there wants to be a big announcement, we've got the whole realm of social media. And what's you know, what do people view as a big announcement? Maybe it's a big announcement about a new prime minister. Maybe it's a big announcement about the uh, people landing on the moon. Maybe throughout through history, there has been some big announcements. But the biggest announcement ever given to mankind happened more than 2,000 years ago. And Becky read it for us. And it's in the second chapter of Luke, and it was to a bunch of unsuspecting shepherds who were just going about their business when suddenly the sky was lit up and the most profound announcement given to mankind was, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. Whoa, this was some announcement. Now, the shepherds, what did they make of this announcement? Maybe they were thinking, oh, there's going to be a ruler, there's going to be a deliverer. They probably knew it was going to be the Messiah. Maybe they were thinking it's going to be somebody like King David that was going to march the whole way up to Rome and fire a few stones at the Caesar and knock him over. But they didn't really understand the complexity and just how good of a plan that God have. But was it just for the shepherds in their generation? The angel continued... Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And today, some 2,000 years later, we have good tidings, we have a great joy, and it's to us. It's for good news for all generations. But why did Jesus need to be born? Why do we need to be saved? The promise was for a saviour, but why do we need to be saved? Well, in Timothy it says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Oh, there's a sin problem. So the reason we need a saviour is because there's a sin problem. And God had a love to deal with this problem familiar verse everybody knows from John 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have an everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it but through the world through him might be saved. There is a sin problem but there is a saviour. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our saviour who desires all men to be saved. Throughout the generation, the truth still holds. All men should be saved. Are we sinners? How do we deal with the problem of sin? Well, we're clearly told in Romans, there is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have come together, become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So right throughout the generations, we have the problem of sin. This is why we need a savior. This is why it's good news. But we have to consider, well, what if we don't accept this good news? 
And what does it mean to, uh, to be saved? Well, an illustration of what it means to be saved. If you can uh, remember back to Matthew chapter 8, um, Jesus and his disciples were on a boat. And it reads something like this. Now, when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be? that even the winds and waves obey him. They were going to perish. They needed a savior. And it's the same context where perishing for us is when we don't deal with the sin problem. But though Jesus was in the boat, he sorted them out. And he has a way of sorting us out to deal with the sin problem. You know, people maybe think, well, sin, well, everybody has a wee bit of sin. Maybe I don't need to worry too much about it. It's a very dangerous thing to ignore the sin problem. Let's not beat about the bush. Revelations chapter 20 makes it clear. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, and from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, the small, the great, standing before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in it. And the works were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You see, the idea of being saved from sin isn't something that anybody can just ignore. There's consequences if we ignore. But such is the plan of salvation. There is a way out. Let's not forget what it says also. But it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly await for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. So when actually when those shepherds were looking on and seeing a baby, they're actually seeing the solution to sin. They were saying not just something that they maybe thought was going to deliver them from the Romans, but for the whole problem of sin, the solution was right in front of them. The punishment that was going to come, and as, as Jews, they would have known that God punishes sin. And the reason the Jewish uh, system of, of worship and involving the priests and the temple because they know they sinned but they had to use a, a way of sacrifice to deal with the sins there is an eternal punishment if that problem of sin isn't dealt with and while we may look at, at, at Christmas and enjoy all the joy of Christmas while we may look at Christmas and think, well, even like that nice story about a baby and shepherds singing, yes, that's all good, and we like to give gifts, and it's, you know, it's a happy holidays time, and it's a family time, and everybody gets together, and there's great fun, and it's family time. But the consequence of not accepting 
what Christmas is all about, what we celebrate in the coming of Jesus is a serious matter and something that everyone has to, to take account of. But Jesus is the solution. When he came as a baby, he came as a solution, but he will be coming again. And when Jesus comes again, he's going to be coming to bring eternal life to those that are born again, but he's going to bring eternal separation for those that haven't put their faith in Jesus. And Christmas is a, is a real line in the sand, as it were, where people have to make up their mind. Are we accepting the truth of the good news? Or are we saying, well, no, I'm not worried about the sin problem. There's a joy in the shepherds because they embraced the good news. We saw from the video just how the, li the guy's life was changed because he said, my life was changed because he met with the Savior. There was a real joy among the shepherds. Now, it's interesting about the shepherds because obviously they had a, a job to do. The shepherds that were attending the sheep, they probably were looking after special sheep. Sheep, as we know from the way that uh, was instituted by, uh, by Moses in the, in the wilderness and as the children of Israel and as the nation of Israel was birthed, sheep were a very, very important thing. They had to make, they were used in sacrifice. Um, everybody, when they sinned, they could come, bring the sheep, uh, bring it to the high priest, bring it to the priest. And when that priest, when the sheep was slaughtered, the blood that was shed was seen, right, well, that'll uh, do you for another while. You know, it was, a, it was a way that they could get rid of their sin. But it was only a temporary solution. But they couldn't be just any sheep. It's made clear that it had to be a lamb without blemish, a male sheep of the first year that you may take from the very best of sheep. Moses told them, pick out and take the lambs for yourselves according to your families, kill the Passover lamb. So these shepherds were actually looking after a very, very special bunch of sheep. And they were probably going to be used for the actual sacrifices. So they were going to be the very best of sheep. So you can see there here, and they're looking after these sheep. They've got this great announcement, and they've been told to go and see this babe. Jerusalem, of course, was the center of all the worship. Bethlehem was about six miles south of um, Jerusalem, so it wasn't too far from where they were to where they'd be bringing the sheep to deal with the whole sacrifice. When they came and they looked and saw that baby, did they know what the significance it was? Perhaps it was ringing in their, you know, in time, maybe when years passed, maybe it was exactly the way, or maybe they had a revelation of it, you know, because John the Baptist, when Jesus came at the age of 30, he said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Could when those shepherds been looking, uh, and we have a, a, a sort of a manger here, but there's no baby on it at the moment, but <laughs> when they were looking and saw that manger, could it have been that they had a revelation? Could it have been that something in their heart said, the Lamb of God is going to be this very baby that they're looking at? It's a wonderful thought just how they maybe didn't 
you know, maybe they didn't grasp it, but we have it, and, and it's such a picture of them looking after lambs, which were used in sacrifice. And here before them was a lamb. So let's face it, I was going to put them out of a job. <laughs> what their whole process of sacrificing and rearing these special lambs, it was going to be put aside because the lamb that in front of them was going to be the perfect sacrifice. Matthew 1 says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. They were looking in just a baby, but this was the very Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. Because they had been told, this is your Savior, and the Savior was to deal with the sin problem. Of course, Jesus was going to be the very first sacrifice that we need. He was going to be the total sacrifice for us, as, you know, and he took the very place of all those lambs that were ever going to be needed. It says um, in Hebrews, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies made his footstools. Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer a, an offering for sin. In accepting Jesus, we know that the eternal price has been paid for our sins. We know that the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is what we really celebrate at Christmas time. This lamb came to take our place. The, the shepherds just looked upon a baby, but such was the significance that this baby would deal with the whole sin situation. The shepherds, as soon as they heard this command, and as soon as they had this revelation, they didn't hang about. They went immediately. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' stories were astonished. When we hear the good news of the gospel, we have to do something about it. We can't just know, well, we have this sin situation. We know there is a solution to the sin problem in Jesus. But we have to do something about it. The shepherds didn't hang about when they heard the proclamation, today is born unto you a saviour. They went immediately. Mm -hmm. And when we hear the gospel, we need to act on it. We don't know how many days we have left. We don't know how long we have to think about it. But it's, a, it's imperative that we act when we hear the gospel. The shepherds came to see a baby who was the Lamb of God to be slaughtered for sin. But actually, they as shepherds came to see a lamb. Jesus then became the good shepherd who made a way. And we know that Jesus said, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, I must bring them, and they will hear my voice. There will be one shepherd and one flock. 
the plan of salvation has lasted all throughout, and we today are part of the flock. We have a lamb in Jesus. We have a shepherd in Jesus. In Revelation 7, it puts it like this. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to a living fountains of water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. We truly have something to celebrate. The shepherds came believing they were going to see a savior, a deliverer. What they actually saw was the Lamb of God who would take away sins. And that is a good news for us today because as Jesus was saying, we have been brought into this fold. It's not just for the Jewish people. people. And we see that the good news that was brought forward was for all generations. We really do have something to celebrate. It says in Timothy, he has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought immortality to light through the gospel. You know, when people just look at the Christmas story and think it's a nice story, they don't realize it is the key to eternal life. What you do with the Christmas story will determine your future. We know that Jesus said that he came to give life and give it more in abundance. And here we're saying that our Savior, Jesus Christ, has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. We can share in that gospel truth. We can share in the very joy that the shepherds share. The shepherds, after they met with Jesus, they had a real joy in their hearts. It says they went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. What a great announcement the angel made to them. They had to believe it. They had to go and see the Messiah. They had to go and see this baby. Maybe they didn't understand the full significance of who the Lamb of God was, but something in their heart changed that day. They had met with God. And that's what Christmas, you know, you can enjoy all the tripping, tramming, trimmings of Christmas. You can enjoy all the fellowship of Christmas. But ultimately, it's have we met with God? Have we come to a place where that good news that there is a Savior, has that really resonated in our heart? Has it something that we have taken to be a life-changing moment? It changed the life of the shepherds. They saw the difference in what it made to their lives. The choir are going to come in a wee moment, and they're going to lead us in a, in a great hymn. You may know the tune. Maybe you don't know the words. But it's talking about a Savior who has come. The first verse ends when it says, The Savior, Savior of the world has come. In Bethlehem, this Savior came. It's what people do with it. The second verse ends with, yet the Savior, Savior of the world is here. Yes, these events happened 2,000 years ago, but we are part 
of this solution. The sin problem still exists. You just need to look around you and know there is a sin problem. And you may think, well, I'm not one of the person, people carrying out all these atrocities. I'm not one of the, I'm, you know, I'm a good person. But we read earlier, for all have sinned. We have to be realistic. There is a sin issue which left not dealt with will end in eternal punishment. You know, the gospel is quite clear and it's, it's quite to the point. And, you know, Christmas is a happy time. But if we haven't had this, you know, if we haven't come to the point where we've made a clear change in our lives, where we haven't said, the Savior is going to be my Savior. Well, you know, Christmas, if you reject it, it's like saying, right, I'm just walking down that last road of, of, of eternal separation. We're really saying we don't want God. And that the wrath of God will come. But such is the love of God, for God so loved the world, he gave an answer to the sin problem. It was a baby who lived his life, who was then crucified, and whose blood was shed. In the same manner as his blood was shed, it was the same as what would happen to all those lambs. All those lambs that were slaughtered, that these shepherds were looking off, it was because there was a problem with sin, and they knew there was a problem with sin, but it was only a temporary problem for them, or it was only a temporary solution for them, as we read. They sinned, made a sacrifice, sinned some more, another lamb gone, another sacrifice, you know, another sin, another lamb gone, more bloodshed. But in Jesus, once and for all, the Lamb of God paid the price, made the sacrifice, and we can know the joy of sins forgiven. So the Savior, Savior of the world is here. The Savior, Savior of the world is known, the third verse goes on to say, because there will come a time when every eye will see him, every eye will know, <laughs> and whether they've believed or not, there will come a time when everybody will meet their maker. And as the fourth verse says, the Savior, Savior of the world is king. You know, the shepherds maybe thought their king was going to come when they were heading down into Bethlehem. But the true kingdom of God will come. It will come when Jesus comes back, when we are all brought into his kingdom, and that will be an everlasting kingdom. We can have a foretaste of that as we live by the Holy Spirit and experience the Holy Spirit, who is a foretaste of what it will be. But it all starts when we say, that we will accept the Savior who is born this day in the city of David. Christmas is a good news story if we have made it a personal story, if we have accepted what the shepherds accepted and we have made a point of going and seeing the baby, not just to look on it, and, you know, maybe some people come to church because they just want to look at the whole Christian thing. Is it right? Is it, what's it all about? But it, um, if you're just looking from the, from the outside and you're thinking, well, maybe sometime or what's it all about? It's a really, really important thing to deal with, that we do accept the true and the living Savior is our Savior. It's a good news story if we've accepted it. How do, we, how do we come to this point? As for me, I will call upon the Lord and the Lord will save me. It's right in your moment, at this moment in time. If you want to know this eternal life, 
if you want to know the true joy of Christmas, if you want to know the joy that the shepherds experienced, and it said they went and spread abroad, they told people the good news, if you want to know that joy and the real joy of Christmas, I will call upon the Lord and he will save me. And the promise is, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information www.mpc.org.uk